0: doing a study in 1 John. And last two weeks ago, we looked at a statement that John made as he had been one who walked with Jesus. He said that we have heard him. He said, I have seen him with my eyes and my hands have handled him. I was with Jesus during his public ministry. What an amazing privilege for a fisherman to be called to come and be one of the disciples of Jesus. And now in the latter part of his life, he's writing about Jesus and again pointing people to Christ as the only hope and Savior of sinners. And uh, one of the things that John learned from Jesus about the very nature of God is that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. God is light. And so John wrote about that. These are things that he had heard from Jesus. And uh, God is a God who reveals himself. As light, he gives illumination. He gives understanding to us. And so he himself is light, but he is also one who conveys light. And we find this to be true of Jesus himself. And Jesus... Says this of himself in John 8:12, if you'll look there with me. And I thought it would be good for us today to just look at this one verse because it ties into what he says in 1 John. And we'll get back to that next week. But I wanted to look at this verse where Jesus makes this amazing statement. Then Jesus spoke to them again. He's here at Jerusalem. There's a feast that is going on, a holy day. And it is the Feast of Tabernacles, and he's made some amazing statements. He's been teaching the people, and here he makes this statement. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. I want to consider, first of all, this morning about this statement. This is a bold statement that is uttered here by Jesus Christ. He says, I am the light of the world. Now, John, as he writes his gospel, is writing with this purpose I want my readers to know who this Jesus is. I walked with him for three and a half years, I was with him, I heard him, and I, I want to explain to you who he is. And at the end of his gospel, he says this, that I have written all of these things that I've written so that you might know that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah, the promised Messiah of Israel, and that by, that he is, he is the Christ, he is the Son of God, and he has come, and everyone who believes in him will have life. And so I'm writing these things, and I've recorded these things so that you might know who he is and that you might come to trust him as your own Savior and that you might have life, eternal life, in him. And so what John does in his gospel is he gives us some of the miracles that Jesus did. He says these are signs, and they are pointing to Jesus. He did some amazing things. He healed the sick, he opened blind eyes, he raised the dead uh, from the grave. But not only did he do these miraculous things, but he made some amazing claims about himself. And John records for us in his gospel six statements that Christ makes where he says something like this, I am. So these are the I am statements that we have in John. There are six of them. One of them is John 6:35, where Jesus has been talking about bread. It's a sermon about bread. And he's referring back to the Old Testament in the days of Moses when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and God provided supernaturally for them manna that came down every morning from heaven and they ate it. And God provided for them. He fed them. They ate and they were sustained by that bread. And it's in this discourse where Jesus will say this. I am the bread that has come down out of heaven. So that bread was really pointing to another kind of bread, and it is Jesus himself. I am the bread, and if anyone eats of me, partakes of me, believes in me, he will have not bread for his body, but bread for his soul. He will have life, eternal life, a a life that nourishes and sustains and so his second statement is in John ten nine. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He's speaking here in the context of being a shepherd and a sheepfold. How do we get into the sheepfold? How, how do we know that we are one of God's people, one of God's sheep? Well, Jesus said, I'm the door. And he who enters in through me, he will be saved. But I am the door. And then we have in John 10, the same chapter, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is what I'm going to do for my sheep and all who believe in me. I'm going to give my life for them so that they can be forgiven of their sins and be reconciled to my father in heaven. And then he makes this statement in John eleven twenty five, an amazing statement. The scene is a funeral. Someone has died. His name is Lazarus. And there at the graveside, Jesus makes this amazing statement and says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, he will live even though he may die. I am the resurrection. You believe in me and you're going to live in the presence of God forever. An amazing statement. And then another statement he says in John fourteen six I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and he who and no one comes to the Father but through me. Now think about those statements. Those are amazing statements. Would you or I ever dare to say any of those things? I'm the bread that has come down out of heaven. If you partake of me, you're gonna live forever. You will have the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. You, if I would say those things, you'd say, that guy's crazy. And, and you would be right. But not for Jesus. Jesus makes these very bold claims. And John eight twelve is another one of these claims that Jesus makes. That I am the light of the world. Now, isn't it interesting when we think about these statements of Christ, That often we find the people who were listening to him, they would say things like this. There is no man that has ever spoken like this man. I mean, the words that he speaks, many of the people hated him for what he said. But many of the people, as they listened to him, they said, no one, no one has ever spoken like this man. Who would ever dare to say the things that he says? And we have these statements that is showing us that this Jesus who is speaking, he's no ordinary man. He's not like you and me. He's like us, but he's very different from us. And as we look at the rest of the scripture, John tells us why that is so. Because this is is Jesus of Nazareth, but Jesus who is also the Messiah, who is also the Son of God. The second person of the Godhead who became a man was born of the Virgin Mary. who was just like us, apart from sin, but he was greater than us. He was the very son of God in flesh. So that Jesus would say to his disciples, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. And so Christ is unique. There's no one like him. And I've always liked this quote by uh, C.S. Lewis. He wrote a book called Mere Christianity, and he's speaking about the fact that Jesus, yes, he's a man, he's like us, but he's different from us. We need to understand that, the claims that he made about himself and the statements that he made. He says this as he speaks about the fact that Christ is the Son of God. He said, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Christ. I'm ready to accept him, people say. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing that we must not say. A man who, ha- who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being merely a great human teacher. He, was, he has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Who is it that makes these claims? Well, he is the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is one of those claims that he makes about himself. An astonishing And a bold claim, I am the light of the world. As we think about this, we see here this is an illustrative and a very informative statement. It's illustrative because Jesus is using a metaphor. As we think about light, how very important light is to us in the world in which we live. And John will contrast in his writings about light and darkness And here he speaks uh, and uses a metaphor, light, and light is important to us. We need it to be able to see things around us, to comprehend the world in which we live, to comprehend reality. Uh, We appreciate electric. We are glad to have lights here today that we're able to see, Um, and we need it, uh, especially uh, when we're in new places. We had our guests with us last night, and we said there's a there's a night light in the bathroom, so if you need to use the bathroom at night, you can find it and how important and vital that is. Um, and without light, we easily get turned around, we get confused, it's hard for us to function, we stub our toes and we often hurt ourselves, and uh, so light is something that is important to us. But as we think of this illustration that is Helpful As we think about light and darkness, it also is informative. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Now, what is implied in that statement is that in this world is darkness, not a physical darkness, but there is a spiritual and a moral darkness that is upon, upon our race. It is a part of our world spiritual darkness, we can't really see and understand things as they really are because we are blind. Um, This is what the Bible says about us. We're blind and therefore we're lost. We're going our own way. We're wandering about. We've lost our way. Things in our world, as we look at the world, things are turned upside down. Our eyes, our minds are blinded, and we fail to really understand reality aright. That's a result of sin. It's a result of our first parents who fell into sin. And, you know, we really left to ourselves, we can't ultimately, we can't answer some very important, ultimate questions about life. We're just lost in the darkness. Who am I? What is my true identity? Where did I come from? Why is the world in the mess that it is in? And, and what is the solution? If there is any solution to this world and the darkness that is here, what is the solution to it? Well, left to ourselves, these are things that we cannot see, we do not understand. But also, part of that darkness is that, that we're willingly blind. We, we don't want the light that God has given to us, left to ourselves. In fact, Jesus said this in John 3. He said this, that men love darkness rather than the light, and they won't come to the light because their deeds are evil. We like the darkness in which we live. We we like to live for ourselves. We like to go our own way. We don't want God interfering with our life our life, left to ourselves. And so Jesus says something here that that he's come as a light into the midst of a dark world, a dark humanity. The minds have been blinded. The hearts have been blinded. And they live contrary to who God is and what is best for them. When I was a little boy, I used to sometimes get my dad's crescent wrench. It was a big crescent wrench because I couldn't find a hammer, and I would use it as a hammer. And he would scold me for doing that, and he said, that is not its purpose. That's not a hammer, and that's going to harm the crescent wrench. And that's much like our lives We don't understand the purpose for which we were made, and we live in ways that are contrary to the way God intended us and created us to live. And it's harmful to us, isn't it? We go our own way, and sin promises us many things, but it always brings death. It always brings destruction. The pleasures of sin are just for a moment, the Word of God says. And they ultimately bring harm for us, and they ultimately bring the ju- judgment of God. And yet left to ourselves, we love, we love the darkness. The Bible says, Jesus says, and we won't come to that light." You know, as I think about that, one of the things that comes to my mind is a mole. I don't know if some of you international students know what mole, moles are. I hope you don't have them where you live. But we have them here. They're little things about this big. They're furry. They look like a rat. And they are in the ground, under the ground. And they burrow down in the ground and make tunnels. And they ruin your nice grass. And uh, so I'm out there with a shovel all the time trying to clobber them on the head. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> I do. And uh, I even had a dream of that this week as I was thinking about that. They even work in the winter. They don't take the, the winter off. They don't. They don't hibernate like bears. But that's the way we are. If you pop a mole out of the ground, do you know what it's going to do? It's going to go right back into the ground. It won't stay out. It doesn't like the light. It goes back into the darkness, back into the ground. And that's what we do. Left to ourselves, we're like a mole. We we like the darkness. We don't want someone, we don't want God telling us what to do or what we need. We can get along just fine. And we live in the darkness. And it's to our own peril. It's to our own hurt. And so Jesus, as we look at this statement, is telling us something about ourselves. He's telling us something about the world in which we live. It is a world of darkness. That's the world we live in, and, and when you watch the news at night, you're seeing the effects of the darkness in our world, and it's not just out there, it's in us left to ourselves as well, and so here is this statement that Jesus is a light that has come into a very dark, dark world, but thankfully, that's the bad news, but thankfully in this statement is good news. Because Jesus has come, then this statement that he gives is a hope-filled statement that he's come as a light. How we appreciate the light when we've been in the darkness, when the electric has gone out. We appreciate it when the electric comes back on. And so Jesus here gives us good news that he is like this light that has come into this world that is so vital and so necessary. So light has invaded the darkness of our world with the coming of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is one who is able to overcome darkness. He's the one that gives light to those who are ignorant, who are lost, who are spiritually lost and ignorant. And they can't make sense of themselves or their world. They're enslaved to sin, to moral darkness but he's come to give light. I love the account in Mark chapter 10 of blind Bartimaeus. Jesus came to the city of Jericho and there was a man, blind Bartimaeus. He heard about Jesus. He knew things about Jesus and things that he was doing and how he was healing people. And here Jesus is coming to Harlittle down and he's waiting by the roadside, and when he knows Jesus is coming, he cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And some of the people around him saying, hey, shut up. You're making a nuisance here. You know, Jesus probably doesn't want to see you anyway. And he, he doesn't listen to them. He he keeps crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. He's He's yelling it out, and Jesus hears the words of that man, and it says that he stopped. He stopped, and he healed blind Bartimaeus. He opened his eyes that he could see. And then there's the story in John 9. I like this one as well. It's a man who has been born, uh, was born blind. He's been born all, blind all of his life. And uh, Jesus comes to this man and heals him. And the Pharisees begin to grill him after they hear about this. They grill him. Who is this that healed you? And he's telling them, well, it's Jesus. Well, what do you know about him? I don't know. And they said, well, who is he? I don't know. And I'm surprised you don't know. If somebody can open somebody's eyes, I would think you, the religious leaders, would know who he is. He says this. All I know is once I was blind, but now I can see. What a miracle. What a wonderful thing. Blind eyes were opened and they were made to see. And all of this really is pointing, you know, Jesus didn't heal everyone that was blind, he, but he healed some and he raised some from the dead and he healed some who were sick. But all of these things are pointing us to a a greater, more important reality. And that is this, that Jesus gives sight to people who are blind spiritually, lost, without hope in this world. Jesus has come to give them sight, to enable them to see, to understand. He is the one who is the light of the world. And so... Here in this statement, notice he says, he who follows me, he who comes to believe in me, to repent of their sins, to turn to me and become a disciple of me. Notice what he says. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Just like blind Bartimaeus, whose eyes were open now he could see the world in which he lived he didn't have to feel his way along he was able to see and perceive things around him and so it is spiritually when when we come to follow Christ when God has opened our eyes we're able to understand things aright we're under we're able to understand who the true and living God is his nature we're, we're able to come to see things about our own selves that we were blind to before. Used to think I'm pretty good. Used to think that if anybody's going to heaven, you know, I, I, I make the cut. You know, I'm better than most people. I know we come to see something about ourselves that we've maybe never seen before, that there is none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good. There's none that seeketh after God. And so we learn something about ourselves. But also we begin to see with our eyes, the eyes of our heart, we see the beauty and the glory of Christ, who is a Savior who saves sinners. And we come to see Him for who He is, and to know Him, and to walk with Him, and to follow Him. And we also come to see how we should live in this life because he's like a good shepherd and what does a shepherd do but he leads and he guides his sheep and so we learn to walk in his ways in the paths of righteousness as the psalmist says and this is what he does for all of those who follow him they will not remain in darkness that's a promise Look at that in verse 12. I'm the light of the world, and he who follows me, he shall not walk in darkness. Just like blind Bartimaeus, now he's living different ways. He's he's walking in the light, and so it is with everyone that has become a follower of Christ, who's been born of God. They become those who no longer walk like they used to. I used to walk in darkness. I used to live my life for myself. I did my own thing. But now I have been given light from God and I see and I live differently. So I no longer walk in the darkness, but I now have the light of light. This is a wonderful gift that God in his grace gives to sinners who are blind and lost. And what a bold statement that Jesus makes here. I'm the light of the world. It's a hope filled statement that in our dark world there has come one who indeed is light, light that leads to life. So Jesus comes to heal, to restore those that are morally blind and lost and enslaved to sin to bring them out of the darkness. And here's this promise to all who belong to him, who follow him. They will have the light of life and they will not walk in darkness any longer. Well, as we conclude and as we think about that, thirdly, we see this is a thought-provoking statement because it's a statement that is meant to address us here today. John was writing to people of his own day, but what he wrote was recorded in scripture for us today as well. What, what are we going to do with this statement of this person, the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, I'm the light of the world. And if you follow me, you will not remain in darkness, but you, you will have the light of light. What do we do with that statement and these other statements How do we hear Jesus today? Do we hear his word? Do we receive his word? Do we believe what he said is true? And one of the ways that we will know, maybe we go to church all the time. One of the ways that we know that we truly know him, and we're going to pick this up next week when we get back to 1 John, is that if we truly are a disciple of Jesus, guess what? We will be walking in the light. We will be walking in the light. And John's going to say that. If we say that we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, he said the truth is not in us. We're, we're, We're lying. The truth is not in us. One of the ways that we can know if we truly are a disciple, a follower of Christ, we've come to trust in him, is that we are walking in the light. And that's what Jesus says here. The one who follows me shall not walk in darkness. The character of his life is going to be changed. He's like blind Bartimaeus. He's now able to see and live in different ways. And so it is with those who've been born of God. They're living in different ways. And I would ask, is that true of you? Is that true of you that you know Jesus and you're following him and you're By his grace, endeavoring to walk in the light, in the truth of who God is, and in the truth of his word. But maybe you're here today and you've really never considered very seriously the claims of Jesus Christ. And here Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. And notice this he says, I am the light. And he's implying in that, or he's making the statement that there's not other lights, he's not a light among other lights. He is the light of the world. That's another bold statement that Jesus is making. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. And so maybe for the first time, maybe you would consider this claim of Christ. I'm the light of the world. The one who comes and follows me, he will not remain in the darkness, but he will have the light of life, the light that brings life, eternal life, the life of God. And it is the free gift of God, and it's received by sinners by simply calling upon the name of Jesus Christ, putting their trust in him, calling him, Lord, open my eyes, Lord make me to see, save me from my darkness, save me from my sin and make me to be one of yours. And that invitation is given to sinners through the gospel as it is preached. And so I would urge you today, if you're not a follower of Christ, you're not a lover of Christ, you're not one who is walking in the light, even as he is in the light, that this day you may look to him that you may put your trust in this one who made amazing statements about himself and who he was and who did amazing things. He has the power to forgive sin. He has the power to open blind eyes. He has the power to give new life because he is the very son of God who has come into our world that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. May you look to him. May you live in the the promises of who Jesus is. Peter said of Jesus, he said, concerning Christ, he said, there is no other name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. There's no other name. Look to him. Paul said this in Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the promise. This is the offer of the gospel. Everyone who calls upon him, they indeed will be saved. Shall we pray? Our Lord and our God, we thank you today for your word. We are thankful for Jesus Christ, the savior of sinners. We thank you for his willingness to step across the stars of heaven and come into our world to be made like us, to take upon himself flesh and blood. But he came with a purpose. He came as a light in the midst of a dark world so that we might truly see, that we might not remain Enslaved to the darkness in which we were born in which we live but he's come that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly we thank you today we thank you for the gospel and if we be here today and we are a follower of Christ that by your grace we have turned from our sins and we have called upon Christ and we belong to you we thank you thank you that you have visited us You have opened our blind eyes, our love of the darkness, our love of sin. And you've opened our eyes to see something about ourself, our need of salvation. But you've also made us to see the glory of Christ, who is a Savior, who is mighty and able to save. And we do thank you for that. We bless your name for that as we go into a new week, may we go to live in the light, even as he is in the light. And for any here that may not know Christ, it is our joy to point them to this Savior. It is our prayer that you might, by your spirit, open their eyes to see their need of Christ. And that they may joyfully run to him, that they might find light and life in who he is and what he has done. We ask that you would do this for the glory of Jesus Christ, for his honor. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to take your hymn book and turn, if you will, to number.